Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. I'm Sarah Blakemore. Thank you guys for listening. Today on the podcast, what is it, Joe? Today, Laura, we're going back to the basics about organ, tissue, and eye donation. And the myths that still exist out no there. Doubt, All right, we'll no tackle doubt. that. And we're going to go ahead and talk about materialism and identity. Ooh, we're getting deep, Joe. Yep. <laughs> All that and more right here, The Gifted Life. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Let's Me do it. too. Here we go. On this second episode, we have lots happening, so let's get to it. In the news, a new place of serenity for our donor families. And in the recovery segment, we'll talk a little bit about some of the hospital donor awareness initiatives. Yeah, we'll tackle myths. Do you rule yourself out? Man, I hope not. And in our community segment, college kids making a difference. Love to hear that. Technology, there's an app for that, Joey. We'll discuss Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. (laughs) Yowza. That was from back in 2015, one of the first episodes of The Gifted Life. Sounds great, huh, Sarah? Sounds so good. (laughs) So Sarah's one of the, the newest members of The Gifted Life, but Joe... Oh my Listening goodness. way back. What, what, oh, what thoughts? It, it, it reminds me of standard deaf and now uh, Troy's new 4K. <laughs> a little bit of a difference. Yes, lots has changed uh, over the last four and a half years here at The Gifted Life and in the world of donation. Hard to believe that this is episode 121. Did you think we'd make it, Joe? Did you? Four years. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's pretty a impressive. Lot, right? So we thought, hey, let's have a discussion, right? Going to go back to the basics and then take you to where we are now. Um, and it's just incredible. We're sitting here and we said, are we going to have enough content? Now we have like too much content, I think. Uh, we do want to bring in a friend to the Gifted Life podcast. Kirsten Hines, how are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. So Kirsten is the executive producer, guys, of The Gifted Life. So don't normally hear from her, but she's also Lopa's director of communication. So glad to have you back. Glad to be here. You've been on this ride with us since the very beginning. That's right. I never would have envisioned that we would still be doing this four and a half years later. Because yep. we were so bad when we started, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it took us. We had a lot of opportunities. That's, right? that's true. It took See? us about uh, six hours to, to record about 20 minutes of content. <laughs> the director of communication said it better, right? Yeah. Opportunity for growth. I yeah. love it. All right. So we thought uh, we'd bring Kirsten into the conversation. She's been with us since the beginning. Uh, Sarah's the new member, Joey and I, uh, and we just kind of talk about what's happening out there. So lots have changed, lots has changed, Um, lots have stayed the same. So when we talk about organ tissue, eye donation, and the gift... Yeah. That's solid, right? Yeah. It, uh, it ultimately, from from the method standpoint, who can become donors, for the most part, is really a lot very similar to where it was in 2015. Organ donors, in general, still uh, is the primary method that you would become an organ donor is still brain injury resulting in brain death. Uh, which is why there are so uh, few organ donors compared to tissue and eye donors. And in, uh, there's still an opportunity to become an organ donor if, uh, if you have a brain injury or some other issue and you don't want to live on life support or your family wishes to remove life support, you can still become an organ donor. But that's a much smaller 
pool of the population as compared to tissue and eye donors where everyone can potentially be a tissue and eye donor, whether you die from a neurological criteria or brain death or you die from circulatory criteria. So those things are, are pretty much the same, you know, but but what we have seen, one of the big things or a couple of the big things that we've seen uh, advancements in donation is what's happened in uh, with the hepatitis C community and right. what's yeah, happened with, true, yeah. with HIV community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, two or three years ago, came out with the new treatments for hepatitis C and that completely that was a big game changer hepatitis yeah, because C, huge a, until then we had to transplant hepatitis C uh, donors into hepatitis C recipients right and I don't even think all organs no and 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 so and you had worse outcomes because when they were transplanting hepatitis C into hepatitis C especially for thoracics for the uh, hearts and lungs uh, the, the outcomes were just poor and they didn't really have a good grasp of the whys, but they were poor. And now, since hepatitis C is, is curable, they're transplanting hepatitis C into non-hepatitis C. And then if they if they do have a transmission, they cure it with the with the uh, with the medicines. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's really opened up the possibilities and, and kind of the 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 potential that people can help others. Right. right. So many um, more lives saved. Yes. With each yes, mm-hmm. so many more lives saved. With each yes, that's that's a hepatitis C positive. Right. And then also with the amount of transplant centers and transplant recipients in general who can be saved. It's it's a it's a lot. It's a two pronged thing. So it's it's amazing. That was a huge breakthrough. And the goal is making life happen. That's been uh, across the board. And so education, we know, is the key. So the more education that's out there, the more we get these facts in front of people, mm-hmm. we're more likely to see those yeses. And now we know the gifted life is being used um, in nursing schools, in high schools to learn more about the process. And that's a good thing. Right, right. I mean, every, of course, that's our big, the big you know, purpose, our big purpose is to get the word out. The power of one, we talk about it, and, and to be able to spread uh, and squash the myths and spread the word about donation in all of these areas. You know, I, we see, we've seen a lot, heard a lot from, from our listeners out there about how big of an impact this has all been. They're part of the conversation. Right. Yeah, and these changes are happening really so quick. I was talking to a woman who was waiting for a liver, and she was saying that, you know, she really had to think through whether she would be willing to take a hepatitis C mm-hmm. liver right. because she did not have hepatitis. And so there's still a lot of, you know, standing fears mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it also with the HIV right. Right. Uh, exactly. potential now that with the HOPE Act that now HIV positive donors can donate to HIV positive recipients. Now, unlike the, the hep C, it's, it's going positive to positive, but still that opens up a whole nother group of people that were told they could not donate more before. lives right people contributing right. to society it's right. amazing yeah. and the so, more you talk about it and the more you debunk that stigma that's out there in the community the more lives we're going to save and like joey said earlier it's a much more rare opportunity to be an organ donor so we really need to take advantage of everything we can and it's just moving forward who knows what's going to be available in the future. Again, that's a part of what this is about, what right. the podcast is about, to mm-hmm. be able to reach some of those in the HIV community. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a couple episodes in the past and and talking about the Hope Act and ex- explaining that now you can become a donor. 
and you can save others in the HIV community. And so just even, you know, to be able to reach, like, like we were talking about, be able to reach areas that, that really weren't getting education because, you know, for, for years and years, it was illegal to to recover and transplant an HIV positive, uh, organ. So, so those things have, have really changed over the past few years and really taken off. And, and a lot of what we're doing here is, is helping that, I believe. Yeah. And I know that all of us, when we've been either in the community or working with a family have heard people say that, oh, I, I can't be a donor because I was told I couldn't donate blood. So they assume Myths, that they can't yeah. donate organs. And so my in my own family, my aunt was like, I, I, why didn't you tell me I can't be a donor? I have diabetes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Right. She had heard a story about bone marrow donation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just to reiterate to people, please don't rule yourselves out. Mm-hmm. Things are always changing. Even if you do have a condition at this moment, when you pass away, it may may have changed and it may be a possibility. And so let the medical professionals make that determination at that time. And I feel like um, a couple of years ago, we were saying this TV show or that TV show. And now it's some social media convos are coming in. So we just had a presentation with some kids. Well, I saw a post about this. I was like, well, that's not true. But if you think it through, well, that makes sense. But I wouldn't have thought about it had we not had this conversation. So we're trying to spur those conversations. So education is still the key, not only for us, but our partners uh, across the country who we partnered with on this podcast Mm -hmm. to help make life happen. That's what it's all about. So let's tackle some of those uh, myths. Uh, So Sarah, newest member to our Gifted Life podcast team, what's the one myth that you're like, oh man, if I hear that one more time, no. Well, I think it's the big one. It's um, if they know I'm a registered organ donor, they're not going to save me if I go to the hospital. And I I hear this all the time. And, you know, the main thing I tell anyone is the only people who have access to know if you're in the registry are the organ procurement organizations. When you go, if you go to the hospital, no one is digging through your items, looking for your license to see if your heart is on your license. Their main job is to save you. And they do that and they try really hard. And the nurses and doctors we work with are truly dedicated to that mission. So it's just not, it's not true. And and the, the biggest and easiest way to debunk that from my standpoint, from mm-hmm. being an, an ex-emergency room staff mm-hmm. and, and of course working on, on both sides is the fact that if they didn't do everything to try to save your life, mm-hmm. you would never become an organ donor. Mm-hmm. That's that right. was huge when I That's right. started working for Lopa. All of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah. they have the to life. do a they lot. Have to yeah. save, try to save me and my organs have to be functioning right. before I could possibly be a donor. That's it, right. It was just kind of one of those aha moments. And you know what's amazing is when we have the our, our donor families join us on a presentation and they walk you through and I think that light bulb moment for Mm -hmm. those who are in the audience like oh okay well that makes sense I didn't make the connection there Um, I think too we mentioned social media we mentioned um, you know television shows and stuff and I think a lot lately we've heard about celebrities needing transplants right the lady Mm -hmm. uh, from modern family yeah and so then they're like oh well of course because they have money right right well there's all this stuff that goes into matching Right. <laughs> so you know, it's not just that easy. That's one of the other uh, myths that we have to tackle quite often is, well, oh, I've got money, so, you know, I, I must be able to get higher up on the list. And I can tell you firsthand, because I'm I'm one of our representatives in Louisiana that, that goes to all the meetings, attends all the meetings, votes on policies. And then, of course, one of my big roles here at, at LOPA is the allocation portion. 
uh, getting the right organs to the right homes. And and I can tell you firsthand that, you know, you it, it there's no financial statement. No, uh, you don't get to see a, a 1099 or a W-2 or anything like that from from someone that and it bumps them up and gives them three extra points. It is strictly by the scores mm-hmm. and proximity and, and you know and, and blood type and size and so uh, we don't and have how any, long you've been waiting and how long you've been waiting you know so we don't have any idea who's got more money less money lives in an impoverished neighborhood nothing right so, their name isn't even on yeah. it's not so, like a list with names right right mm-hmm. so we don't you know so that's that's always a, you know I, I get it a lot but you know it doesn't matter how much money you have you can't move up the list just because you've got money or fame for that matter. Yeah. And I still like, uh, you know, after all this time of just working um, at an OPO, organ procurement organization, doing the podcast, um, we always say it's a gift, right? Like it's the greatest gift the one can receive. And so when we're out with donor families, when we're out with recipients, like I still get the, I'm so inspired today, like we're doing the right work we're doing the right things we're pushing it forward we're trying to have these conversations because look at the lives and the mm-hmm. legacies mm-hmm. Um, that are there and you guys work with these families too yeah and kind of going back to what sarah said though about you know they won't try to save me how many times have you watched a tv show and mm-hmm. just absolutely cringed because right. they mm-hmm. got the donation part totally wrong right yeah. like a show like gray's anatomy who has a couple times like had organ donors or recipients I guess the thing we can say is go to the source. When you see something on social media or in a show about organ donation, go to the source. Go do research for that organ procurement organization. Call, ask questions, but don't assume what you're seeing or reading is how it actually happens. Right. And you see it a lot less, I think, and you guys, obviously, uh, Kirsten and Laura can speak to it a little more than I can, but with Donate Life America's involvement or Donate right. Life Hollywood's involvement in those, mm-hmm. you know, because it was, it, I, I at least my perception of it, it seemed to be a lot more often and more dramatic in the past. And you see it a lot less, but they're still out there. You know, one of my wife's favorite uh, TV shows is The Good, the Good Doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there was one episode last year or so, maybe a year and a half ago, where they did a, a, a liver transplant and he was helping transport. And then he figures, of course, he's kind of uh, got a genius mind and and he figures out that the, the liver's got a, a, a blood clot in it. So he takes has a person pull over and <laughs> on, the does, road. on the side of the highway. <laughs> right, that doesn't happen. And, right. uh, and, then, and then resects the liver right there. And of course, those type of things, you know, it's it's good for TV. Uh, unfortunately, you know, not it's not really reality because we have to be in a sterile atmosphere for any mm-hmm. of these yeah, things. Yeah, and that's the that's a problem. It's fiction, you know. Right. TV is not real, but yet, you know, we get so into these storylines that I've had friends, you know, say that they really mm-hmm. believed that, right, right. and I was like, really? Yeah. You know, it's a drama, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I think the overall thing, and any show I've watched, is that organ donation is good, and you see that it saves lives, but it's really about the process of how that happens. And when you go into the details, it's just so wrong, but it's good. And I think the shows capture that, but 
and they can just make it a little more fearful than how it actually happens. Yeah. And I think we're harsher critics watching that like, oh, Oh, gosh, when I go tomorrow, I'm going to have to talk about this. (laughs) Um, But we are laughing because like it's a family atmosphere here at Lopa. So if we have an event like the whole family comes. And Mm -hmm. so for us, it's just like organ donation is good. Like everybody has a heart on their license. We're going to say yes. Right. And so I have a 12 year old, soon to be five, six. And so we run across somebody that doesn't have a heart. They like slap their head like what mm-hmm. why not it's such yeah. a good thing and so my husband realized he said so this is they're growing up and they just know and like all these people have become our family right these donor mm-hmm. families recipients mm-hmm. they're part of the family and so for us it is natural and so we want to bring as many people in um you know as possible because we do get invited to weddings and graduations and births and all yeah. these milestones that folks wouldn't experience without the, the magic of, of donation, yeah. yeah. And, you know, not only do we have all these wonderful uh, recipients that we get to work with from organ donation, but tissue and eye donation. I mean, right. we have so many more, and more of them are starting to reach out to us to say how their donation has really completely changed their life. Right, because we say organ donation is life-saving and tissue is life-enhancing, but that's not even true anymore now. We know that tissue donation is life-saving. We know that if you experience a bad enough burn, that skin donation will absolutely save your life. We know that heart for valve is a life-saving gift. So it's just really open that up, and the more we bring them into our family and understand it better, the more we can educate about how important or just as important tissue is with organ. Right. And, you know, just as with organ donation, tissue or donation can still have an open casket funeral. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change your funeral arrangements in any way. So so it's in a lot of ways they have a lot of similarities, you know, there. Not just life enhancing anymore. They're both life life saving. Right. And then again, look, you know, to be able to give sight to someone uh, who, who was previous blind, previously blind, is I know it's not technically life-saving, but I bet you a lot of times it really does. Oh, yeah. We heard a, a speaker at one of the conferences that said it really did save her life because she had mm-hmm. gotten so depressed. I bet. And you lose yeah. your independence? Yeah. yeah. Right. And that um, she really felt like it did save her life. Right. And when you bring in, it's you know physical health and it's mental health. And the more you can exactly. increase your mental health with being able to see, I mean, right. come on, that's life-saving. Yeah. And, you know, guys, one of the questions I still get uh, centers on religion. But there's a lot out in the news. There's a lot on social media um, about religion. And I know I think we talked about this on the podcast before. Um, Sarah and I, you were talking about this um, gypsies. So Mm -hmm. that was one group of of people that were not into donation until I had a one on one conversation with someone who told me that they were a gypsy and that they were not into donation until it impacted their particular family and now they are true believers and try to help spread the word. So unless you come across it, unless you know the facts, unless we have that conversation, that's why we focus on that so much. Um, you know, we learn every day. We live and we learn. Right. And, you know, every religion, every organized faith, it's about doing good. And that's what we're doing. That We're just trying to create those conversations so that everyone can connect the goodness of donation with the goodness of their life, too greatest act of charity. I mm-hmm. like it. Um, cost is another thing that we um, often come across. Well, how much is this going to cost me? Right. If we do do that. I get this quite often. Yeah. If I know. sign up, how's that going to impact my family financially? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you and, say? And of course, it's there's no cost to the donor family. Uh, it's, it's strictly a gift. 
so so it's it, the the organ itself is also no cost to the transplant recipient. It is a gift from that donor to that recipient. Now, uh, whatever OPO, uh, you know, here in, in Louisiana, of course, LOPA, we incur the costs uh, from the family at the time that they say yes. Uh, and then it's the same thing in e- each of the other states. So uh, there's no cost for any of the, we talk about, you know, there's a lot of testing that goes on. There's no cost that go to that donor family for any of those tests because, again, it is truly a gift you know, of, of life, so to speak. Right. We don't want to burden them. We want their decision to say yes to donation to be out of the goodness of their heart and not from their pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one of our presentations, they asked about um, like insurance policy, like what if I was in need? How does that um, work? Um, so what do you guys say if that comes across? The only thing they pay for outside of their surgery costs and hospital costs on that side or the acquisition costs, uh, the testing and things that, that we did on our side just to make sure that the organ was suitable for them. Right. And that's the recipient side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that being said, of course, like you will not pay anything for your loved one to be an organ donor, but you also will not be compensated. When In conversations with a lot of families I work with, that is, you know, something key we want to say, too, is that this is a gift. So yeah, you, yes. of course, won't have to pay for it, but you also will not be compensated. And that's, you know, that's for ethical reasons and for legal reasons. Yeah, we hear that a lot in the mm-hmm. community. And I think some of that comes from other countries. And I'm not sure what the laws are in other countries, but in the U.S., it mm-hmm. is illegal. It's a federal offense to sell an organ. Right. Yeah. And you hear a lot of those uh, rumors, which, um, places a lot of doubt in folks when they're ready to, to make a decision. So conversations, ask those questions. I mean, seek out the truth, right? So have a couple of resources for you. Um, we're in Louisiana. We're LOPA. Um, so what we tell our folks here, LOPA.org, L-O-P-A.org. Um, but if you're outside of Louisiana, you can check out UNOS.org, Donate Life America. All the information is out there. If you have mm-hmm. a question about cost, if you have a, a question about religion, like it's all out there. We just ask that you take time and then make an educated decision. Right. Yeah. Um, and we'll put some of these links in our show notes so it'll be easy for you to find. Yeah. Good talk, guys. Like yep. we're all so passionate. Like I feel <laughs> like oh, I'm exhausted after going through all of that. But how fun here on the are, are we going to make this like every four year date or what? <laughs> you going to come back? I never could have imagined some of the changes that we've seen in the last four years. So who knows where we're going to yes. be in another four years. Oh, right. exciting. Right. 3D printing, maybe stem cell research, all the things that they're doing with uh, vitrification or, or trying to extend the time where an organ can be transplanted. And even some of the VCA graphs. I mean, right. you right. know, that we may start seeing with, more with hand the, transplants or face right. transplants. Yeah. or Right. Not just organ or tissue anymore. It's just going to go further and further. I mean, right. can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, we say just wait and see what happens tomorrow, right? Just great things, but know mm-hmm. that there's some incredible people who are working every day to help us make life happen. And so I'm encouraged of what's going to come uh, next. And who knows what changes the gifted life will take? Yeah. So I guess it's a date. Four years. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Everybody's <laughs> hands in. Ready? One, two, three. You missed it, Joe. You missed it. All right. We enjoyed you, Kirsten. Thank you very much. Thank We're going to have more of the gifted life, guys, coming up after this. At 
this point in the podcast, we're taking a moment for mental health, huh? Yes, we've got Sarah coming in with something that I'm not sure I know a lot about. Yes, what is it? Because I'm broke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about materialism and ah, how, yes, and how it can equate to your self-identity and how that can kind of be a little dangerous. Yep. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Of course, I think we're not going to be super preachy and I like to say definitely money would solve a lot of my problems. But would you be happy? But would you be happy, really? Your and bills would be paid. It's not really about... <laughs> Joe's like laughing, like, maybe it would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to steer away from that and more so about like material goods and how those can kind of spiral. So it's not really about money. It's about tying in your identity and your value and your success to the things you have instead of how your life is. Well, right. just I'm look at social Jaguar media guy. any day because... Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that... Right tied to it right is bad. yeah right. right and it's again it's going back to that comparison to other people like yep. when you compare yourself to other people the grass is always uh, greener yep. way over there that's right and so just know the that artificial turf is not even real. <laughs> that's expensive so <laughs> joey's a material girl <laughs> <laughs> um but no it's it's really just what i want to you know state is that of course, like I would love to have like a beautiful purse that I love and it makes me feel good. But when it goes a step too far and when that's the only thing that's making you feel good, then you kind of bring in that self-doubt and that you're not accepting yourself for who you are and what you have. Truly. I saw an episode of Dr. Phil and her worth was tied to makeup brushes and makeup. Yeah. And I thought, whoa. Wow. That's like the extreme, which makes you like look at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm totally like not at makeup kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we I each have something. We probably each have something that like we want ownership over that we don't have that we think would make us feel good. And it probably right. would for a little while, right. a little while. But what really makes us feel good is like our connection to people. Right. Mm-hmm. And to good people who know us and who love us and who we love. All yeah. right. So we got Christmas coming up. So mm-hmm. I'm going to. Reference, let me put check mark, uh, episode 121, <laughs> when my wife wants that Louis Vuitton purse. What's good? To treat yourself, say, you hey, know, like everything. Listen to this segment. <laughs> I'm going to listen to what Sarah has to say. <laughs> everything in moderation. And I know this can all kind of sound very cliche, but really research shows that like past a certain amount of money that you make, it really will not bring you happiness. So this is really just to have for you to a moment to reflect on the things that you have and whether that for you is what's bringing you happiness or what's making you kind of upset. (laughs) We always want more, right? Exactly. That big yacht with all that stuff that comes with it. The American dream. (laughs) That fancy car that drives too fast and I'll get a ticket. That's right. (laughs) So whenever you do have those moments of where you're self-doubting or you're maybe upset about the things you don't have, try to remember the things you do, do, like the people in your life and the gifts that you've been given. Yeah, your family. Mm -hmm. My kids are good humans. I'm like, winning. Winning. They were nice to the new kid. Yay. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, that's good. So we're all going to have to... Just to reflect. Yep. How are you, Joe? I'm worried. I'm, well, I'm most I'm, worried about Joe. I'm actually <laughs> no, pretty kidding. good. When you don't have money, you don't have materials. So <laughs> no splurging. We're good. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Maybe you have a topic you want Sarah to uh, talk about. You can write to us at info at thegiftedlife.org. In every episode of the Gifted Life podcast, we honor a hero. Today's hero is Sarah 
Zakaro. And we learn about Sarah from her family. My daughter, who was an organ donor, died by suicide. We were able to follow her wishes and donate her organs to those in need. Her final act of courage saved the lives of five people. Her organ donation is what gets me through every day. Later, I would become very sick with cirrhosis of the liver. I needed a liver transplant to live. Less than a month later, I received the phone call telling me that a liver had become available. The whirl of emotions was almost more that I could bear. I was grateful that I was going to receive this precious gift. I was emotionally so torn apart with my feelings towards my donor and his family. I had lived their nightmare. I had experienced the devastation that they were living. I had also experienced the sorrow and pain. I have been in touch with my daughter's recipients as well as with my donor family. Since I have been on both the giving end and the receiving end of organ donation, I have decided to reach out and meet these wonderful families that I will be forever connected to. What a wonderful journey this will be for all of us. And now we pause and say thank you to Sarah for the gift of life. In today's question and answer segment, if I register online, do I still need to get a heart on my driver's license? Okay, that's a good question. So the overall answer is no, you do not, because there is the one registry. But this spurs other conversations, huh, Sarah? Right. Kind of going back to what we talked about earlier in the episode about those myths about feeling like if the hospital knows that you are registered, they won't save you. We understand that that can be, you know, a fear that a lot of people have. So if you don't want to put your heart on your license, you don't need to. You can have you can be registered at registerme.org and that puts you in the national registry. However, if you do want to register and, and put a heart on your license, register through the through the OMV, we certainly encourage that as mm-hmm. well, especially you know, I know it was on the Today Show recently, uh, but there's been a push, obviously, with the real ID. Oh, yeah. With, with everyone having to have a license or an ID uh, that, that allows you to be able to go from state to state without needing a, a passport or go, get into government buildings without needing other forms of identification. So that's a big push uh, that'll be uh, basically over the next year that, that everyone's going to mm-hmm. have to have one. So when you're doing that, when you're going back into the OMVs, when you're getting your IDs, the real IDs, please mm-hmm. think about organ donation. And, and if it's something that you are interested in, certainly say yes there. And, and as you, you know, well know, being a family advocate, being mm-hmm. that person supporting families, the, the, the real thing is make sure you talk to your families as well, right? Right. So step one is register however you want to register to be an organ tissue and eye donor. And step two is go and tell your family your wishes so that if your family is ever in that moment, they know and they don't have to make the decision. They know that that's your choice. It's not your wish. It's your choice. And we hear real life stories of that all the time. So mm-hmm. make an educated decision and we hope that it's a yes. Um, maybe you have a question you want us to tackle here. Info at thegiftedlife.org. You could also give us a call. Joe, do you know that number? I do. It's 504-648-3477. That's good. 504-648-3477. <laughs> we keep talking about a jingle. Maybe one day, right? Uh, maybe on episode one. 22. Okay, good. I'll take it. All right. It. So we may even use your audio on this podcast. We want you to interact with us and be a team. All right. More to come. More to come. 
And that's episode 121. That was fun. That was. Oh, walk down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly thanks to Kirsten for joining us on that uh, little walk down memory lane. Mm-hmm. That was that was a, a ton of fun right there, going back to our second, first and second episode and kind of, you know, revisiting, so to speak, what we did before. Right. And where we have come, who to thunk it? Yes. 121. I love it. I so uh, we enjoyed Four visiting with years. Kirsten, too. Yeah. Um, so you want uh, more of the podcast info that we are throwing out? Thegiftedlife.org, guys. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And make sure you give us a five-star rating so others can find us. Yep. All right. Social media. Who's our social media birds in here? Me. I don't believe you. All right. Facebook, we're the Gifted Life Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. I love seeing pictures, things that we talk about pop up on there, but we hope that you're using it to learn, guys. And we do hope that you go out and do something that you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen because that's what it's all about. We're a team. Have a good one. This is a production of LOPA, or the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreaux, and Sarah Blakemore. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. 